Hello, and thank you again for tuning in to Point of Insanity Game Studios, Geekery in General Podcast. My name is Al. My normal co-host, Steve, will not be here tonight, so I'm flying solo, and he will be absent for the next few episodes, as you may have caught in our old-school gaming episode on RPGs. Uh, we did briefly mention that Steve is in the Navy, and right now he is deployed. I'm not sure when he's going to be back, but he will be rejoining once he's done with his duties. Now, normally I don't really talk too much about my products on the podcast so far uh, because I don't want the podcast to be just a commercial for my products. But for tonight's topic, I would like to make a, a couple of announcements regarding the Afterpeak systemless setting. The big news is I have a revision for the Afterpeak setting, which it will be released next month. Now, I'm not sure when in December I'm going to release it, but the reason I'm releasing it in December is because that will be the five-year anniversary of my store on DriveThruRPG and its affiliated sites. It's also the five-year anniversary of the Afterpeak Systemless setting. Now, I originally released it back in the summer of 2009, but like I said, since this uh, December is going to be my five-year anniversary for DriveThruRPG, that's when I decided I would release it. First, one thing I do want to say before we get too much into the topic, if you've already purchased the Afterpeak Systemless setting, or if you are thinking of purchasing it, but you're not sure if you're going to wait until the revised version is released, I do have some good news for you. Your original purchase of the original Afterpeak Systemless setting will be updated, so you will be able to get a copy of the revised version of Afterpeak for free. You'll just have to log into your account for uh, DriveThruRPG, RPG Now, whichever one of their sites you prefer. And then you can just go and re-download the revised version. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to release the revised version of Afterpeak as its own product or update the file for the original version of Afterpeak and leave it at that. I said I'm still deciding. I've kind of weighed the pros and cons of each. But like I said, I just want to make it clear that if you've already purchased Afterpeak or if you're thinking of purchasing it, uh, don't worry, uh, the file for the original version of Afterpeak will be updated, so if you've already purchased it, I'm not going to make you repurchase the revised version. Now you might be wondering, why am I doing a revised version? Well, there's a couple reasons. When I first released it, one of the things that a reviewer brought up about it is it was pretty limited in its setting. I mean, it mentioned a little bit about the world at large, but for the most part, the original version of Afterpeak only focused on North and Central America. So the revised version is actually going to be more expansive. It's going to cover the entire world, except for Antarctica. But who knows, maybe someday in the future I might release something for Antarctica. Who knows? Like I said, the revised version will contain information about the entire world, and it's going to be done in much the similar style as the original version of Afterpeak. Now, in the original version of Afterpeak, uh, the map had regions and nations. Now, the difference between regions and nations are, first of all, regions are the areas that 
aren't really very well organized or just maybe don't have as many people. So these are areas that would be akin to your wilderness frontier. Not going to find as many large cities in these areas, but you will find towns and villages. And then the nations are going to be the areas that are more organized. These would be something similar to the nations we know today, where they've got some type of system of government in place. Usually they will have some sort of standing army and all the other things that come with having an organized government. Now, another big change that is going to occur in the new version of Afterpeak is the supplementary information for the Mads role-playing game will not be in this particular book. It will actually be moved to its own supplement. And if you've seen uh, other products on my store before, you'll notice that there's a trend I have where if I release a systemless setting, then I'll usually make uh, options for how to use that setting with some of my other products. For example, the planets systemless setting, I've got a Mads expansion for planets, I have a time span expansion for planets, and I have my recently released, uh, not too recently, it's been I think about a month and a half or so, but I have my more recently released product, Monks in Space. So the Mads supplement will be moved to its own version. Now, I don't know when I'm going to be able to get the Mads uh, expansion for Afterpeak uh, ready. It might not be until January or February. Of course, with next month, the holiday coming up, I'm going to be busy. But I do hope to try to have it done sometime in January. And also, uh, I believe I may have touched on this before, uh, Point of Insanity Game Studio is not my primary source of income. I do have a day job. And sometimes it can be kind of hard balancing, you know, life, a day job, doing something like this on the side, and family. So it, unfortunately, I can't always release uh, products as quickly as I'd like. Now, also uh, another announcement I'd like to make regarding the Afterpeak system of setting is, oh, in the coming years, I hope to start releasing a series called Afterpeak Atlas. And this is going to take a more detailed look at different regions of the world of Afterpeak. Now, there is one that I started on uh, actually a couple of years ago, but unfortunately it kind of fell by the wayside. But my co-host Steve and I are working on a supplement called Afterpeak Oceana, and that's going to be the first Afterpeak Atlas. This one is going to cover uh, mostly Australia and the Hawaiian Islands. But it's also going to talk about some of the other island nations in the Pacific. And it'll also have rules for uh, sea travel and a very different feel. Because if you think about it, if you're doing an afterpeak campaign in the continental United States, that's going to have a different flavor than if you're doing one set in the Pacific Ocean. Because, of course, if you're on the continental United States or North America, there's a lot of places you can just walk to or take a horse or a caravan. Or if your players actually have access to a gas-powered vehicle, not as much in an afterpeak Oceana setting. Because since you have all these islands that are quite a distance apart, there's going to be a heavy emphasis on sailing and navigation. So there's going to be 
not too many rules for navigation itself, but there are going to be rules for creating a campaign where ocean travel and sailing plays a large part. And of course, there will be new light lore, new dark lore, and new monsters as well. Now, going back with the revision of the Afterpeak system with setting, in addition to covering more of the world, uh, there will also be a few new monsters in there. Now, if you have the um, Monsters of Afterpeak supplement for the Modern Monks role-playing game, you'll have seen some of these monsters. Um, some of those new monsters will be carried over into the new revised version of Afterpeak. And then there's going to be a couple others that haven't been released in other sources yet. And these were legends I decided to incorporate as I was doing my research for the revised vision of Afterpeak, which I'll be getting to in just a moment. Now, because of this, uh, those of you who have the Monks After the Peak setting uh, supplement or those who have Monsters of Afterpeak, I do plan to update both of those Modern Monks Afterpeak supplements. But again, just because of my schedule, uh, I may not be able to get to those until early next year. But hopefully that's something you'll be able to look forward to. And again, the updated file is just going to replace the one that you've already purchased on DriveThruRPG. So you don't have to go and uh, buy an entirely new product. You'll just have to re-download the version from the website. Well, this brings us to the main topic of this show, and that's rebuilding the world. Now, this is a topic I explored when I made the first original version of Afterpeak, and one that I got to explore more when I did the revised version of Afterpeak. Here's what I mean by rebuilding the world. I'd like to talk about some of the things that inspired me when I was first creating the Afterpeak system with setting. Now, I'm going to guess that many of you are on Facebook or MySpace, Google+, some other social networking site. Now, on Facebook or any other site, occasionally you're going to see links to articles on your feed that uh, usually are posted by, uh, if you have a friend who's really into conspiracy theories, like they believe that the president has had his brain replaced by mole people from the center of the earth, or the government is actually being controlled by highly intelligent rodents from the planet Rigel 17, you know, things like that, which, you know, most of us are probably going to just kind of scroll on by. But that kind of stuff, of course, is not new. Way before Facebook and social networking, we usually communicated by email. Now, for those of you who still use email as a primary form of communication, chances are you have at least one friend or relative that will forward uh, emails like that to you without really checking to see whether they're true or not. I know my mother, I, I love her, but my mom is guilty of this where a lot of times she'll send on some email um, that claims the government is going to do something really radical like implant everyone with uh, computer chips or things like that. But, you know, usually if you go to Snopes.com or any urban legend site, usually you can you know, look up that article and you'll see that, okay, this is actually a hoax or it's outdated information or whatnot. Now, we all have that one friend or relative who likes to forward on articles or links to articles without actually checking first to see if it's true or not. 
Well, I have one of those friends who every now and then sends an email that has some sort of uh, panic-inducing article, like the world is about to run out of oxygen or something like that. Some of these articles are obviously ludicrous, and if you take a few seconds to go to Snopes.com or any other urban legend website, most of the time you find that these articles are false and they're, there's nothing to worry about. They're just messages that people create to try to stir people into panic. Sometimes they might have a grain of truth behind them. And there was a email I received from a friend about a book that I don't remember the name of it, but the headline to the article was, will your children be the ones to fight in the energy wars? And it was about something called peak oil. Now, if you've already have the after peak system list setting of right over the introduction, you're going to be familiar with some of this stuff. Now, for those who may not be familiar with the term, peak oil is the point where oil production reaches its highest peak. This is where we've tapped the world's easily accessible oil resources. And after we reach this point and pass it, then oil is going to start to become harder and harder to find. Oil wells are going to dry up, or we're going to have to start searching for new oil sources, which might not be in very easy to access areas. Of course, once we reach peak oil and oil starts to run out or become harder to find, naturally the price is going to go up. And I'm sure you've probably seen the occasional documentary about this type of subject. And I didn't really think about the this peak oil stuff for a while yet. But as far as whether we'll actually reach peak oil, now I'm not an expert on this kind of stuff. I did a little research and it really kind of depends who you ask. Depending on what the person's political agenda is, either we're not yet to peak oil, we're there, or we've already crossed it. And of course, there's some people that think that peak oil will never happen because hopefully anyway, uh, we'll start to use more renewable energy sources like solar power, wind power, hydroelectric power. And maybe we might be able to create more fuel efficient vehicles and more efficient energy sources. So that way we don't have to rely so much on oil, coal, natural gas, and these other uh, limited supplies of energy. Several years later, I decided I was going to try to make a systemless setting, and I decided to do a post-apocalyptic one. But rather than have it take place after a nuclear war, like most post-apocalyptic uh, role-playing games do, I decided this one would take place after the world has run out of most of its oil. When I first started to work on the afterpeak systemless setting, I remember I was randomly browsing articles on Wikipedia. Now, I don't remember how I got to it, but there was an article I read about a book called The Nine Nations of North America by Joel Garreau. I think that's how the last name is pronounced. It's uh, G-A-R-R-E-A-U. Again, not sure exactly how it's pronounced, so I apologize if I'm mispronouncing this. Now, in his book, he suggests that it's more accurate to divide North America into regions based on cultural and economic factors. Now, for example, let's take a look at my home state of Wisconsin. Now, according to the Nine Nations of North America, 
Wisconsin actually falls into two of these nations. Uh, one of them is known as the Foundry. This includes a lot of the areas that are bordering the Great Lakes, uh, some parts of Ontario and Canada. And the reason it's called the Foundry is because manufacturing is a very prominent industry in these regions. However, as we start to move towards western Wisconsin, it falls into a nation that uh, Joel calls the breadbasket, which includes parts of the Great Plains of America, as well as the prairie provinces of Canada. And the reason it got this name, the breadbasket, is because in this region, agriculture is more the major industry as opposed to manufacturing. So I thought that was kind of neat that, you know, hey, Wisconsin, even though we like to see it as one state, if you take a look at it this way, based on cultural and economic factors, it actually falls into two separate regions. Now, when I started to imagine North America, I used the nine nations of North America as my inspiration. I thought of, okay, how would different regions separate after the government and society as we know it has collapsed? How would the population change? Where would people migrate to? Now, of course, if you live in a world where modern electricity is not readily available and it's something you're used to, chances are you're going to start moving towards the warmer regions. And it's also possible that if you are living away out in the country, uh, you might try to move towards any surviving large, larger cities. Since I've always been interested in culture and society, that's where I decided to use the Nine Nations of North America as my primary inspiration, where I can try to imagine how the a new nation would form after the government collapsed in these different regions. For example, I speculated that the lands surrounding the Great Lakes would probably form at least a loose alliance, maybe not a formal nation, but at least a non-aggressive treaty because, of course, the Great Lakes are a very important source of transportation in the current day. We have all sorts of uh, ships moving cargo across the Great Lakes, and I'm sure there's also still fishing done in the Great Lakes as well, and not just along the coastal regions. Another nation, the Mississippi Union. Again, I speculated that the uh, lands on the uh, banks of the Mississippi would try to cooperate, work together, because well, the Mississippi is a very important waterway in the United States, just like the uh, just like the Great Lakes are. And of course, people have been traveling the Mississippi River for thousands of years. And a little bit off topic with this, but uh, again, just an example of how the Mississippi has been such an important waterway. Uh, up here in Wisconsin, we have a state park called Astalon. And it has it is home to uh, earthen pyramids. There is a theory, not sure exactly how well supported it is, but there is a theory that the Aztecs may have been through this area long ago, and that's why people decide to call it Astalon. Now, there's also another theory that the city that used to stand at Astalon used to be an outpost of another a uh, well-known Native American city called Cahokia, which is near the, it's on the Illinois side of the border, but it's uh, not 
too, too far from the city of St. Louis, Missouri. And in both these locations, they found shells of animals that are only found in the Gulf of Mexico. So again, we know that even long ago, there were Native Americans that were traveling from the Gulf of Mexico up the Mississippi to the Great Lakes region that would do trading. I applied this theory when I was coming up with the other nations as well. What I would do is I would research an area and I would pull up a map of that, that country or that continent. And as I was doing research, I would try to imagine, okay, uh, see in this area here, there'd probably be this type of uh, nation that would form. And over here, another type of nation. And I would try to use little interesting tidbits of information wherever I could to help me create these new nations in the world of Afterpeak. For example, when I was researching South America, uh, one thing I found that was kind of interesting is there's a country down there, and I do apologize if I'm mispronouncing this name, but I think it's pronounced Suriname. But when I was doing my research, I noticed that there was a actually kind of a high population of Hindus there. And these were ancestors of people who came over from India and other countries to be uh, employed by the various industries there. So when I was creating that section of South America, I thought, well, kind of interesting that there are a lot of Hindus in this area. So I decided to make uh, the you know, Hindu religion and the, the Hinduism a driving force in that particular region. Also, another thing I would do when I was trying to recreate the world is I would try to look up uh, folk tales and local legends, and I would use that for inspiration as well. Uh, for example, one of the creatures I'm including in the uh, new revised version of Afterpeak is going to be Oni, which are Japanese demons. Also, when I was doing my research on Europe and South America, there were a couple of different types of land spirits that I learned about. Well, there are land spirits in Afterpeak, but these were just spirits from uh, local folklore that I decided to incorporate into the new revised setting. So it's definitely a challenging task, pretty daunting, because uh, think of it this way, think of trying to do a book report about the entire world, where you try to research a little bit of every single nation, or well, maybe not every single nation, but uh, you try to do some research on every single continent and in the world, and you try to get a big picture view, you know, look at the major countries in those areas their societies, their cultures, and then trying to make a, a report on that. Only in my case, I'm taking all that information and I'm trying to apply it to a post-apocalyptic world where fossil fuels and oil are rare and there's some magic and there is some extraterrestrial beings. So the After Peak Revised version, I did have quite a bit of fun working on it. it was a little frustrating at times. There were some places where I was like, okay, I can't really think of much to work with. You know, I didn't find anything during my research that really jumped out at me and said, hey, here's an interesting idea that you can use. So, of course, there were some places where I just kind of speculated and let my imagination uh, take over. But it was a very long task, but I did actually kind of enjoy it. I'm one of those sick people that 
when I was in school, I actually uh, enjoyed writing term papers. So that's a sneak peek, if you will, on the upcoming After Peak Revise. I'm probably going to release it uh, sometime around mid-December. Uh, so keep an eye on the Facebook page. If you follow my page on uh, Facebook, I'm also at the my store on Drive Through RPG, RPG Now. I do hope to start updating my website again, POIGamestudio.com. I know it's been a while since I've updated it. Uh, just unfortunately been you know really busy with not only writing but also with you know other things as well. Well, that about sums it up for this show. It's probably going to be a little shorter episode than normal. But I wanted to give you a little sneak peek of the upcoming After Peak Revise. For those of you who already have After Peak and do get the revised version, I certainly hope that uh, you'll enjoy some of the changes I made and I will have fun with some of the material I expanded upon. And if any of you have never played After Peak before, never seen the book, uh, I certainly hope that if you do decide to pick it up, that you enjoy the you enjoy the setting, and hopefully it'll provide some interesting fodder for your uh, campaigns. That being said, I'd like to thank you again for listening. Have a good evening, or morning, or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. 